We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Fretch, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. What is going on, guys? There's gonna be real football played this week. Granted, it's the preseason, but still real football. Who's excited, Sarah? How you doing? Real football with air quotes around it. Um, no, but I'm great. I know I, I'm messing around and, you know, I'm not saying it's real football, but it's, I see it as one step closer to the actual thing. You know, we're, we're about a month away. Um, so that's really exciting. You know, I can't, can't wait for it. And yeah, it'll be fun. You know, people will probably get really mad on Twitter for absolutely no reason. And it'll be a good time. It'll feel like we're back and ready to go for the season. Um, but here we are, you know, day 12 of training camp, and I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped, man. I love this time of year. Uh, pre- we, we read about these guys. You see the draft. or read about all the guys that kind of cycle in and out and all the camp stuff and the camp darlings and the guys you're kind of hoping you're watching those roster stuff, and you get a chance to actually like see some of those guys, see what they can do have some actual opinions outside of like what, what happens on the practice field that you're not necessarily seeing, but you're, you're kind of getting that second or third hand account of. Uh, so I'm, I, I love preseason, man. Um, it, I don't, I don't care about like, I always watch the hall of fame game and I get bored after the first quarter. Cause that game's garbage. But if it's Packers, if it's Packers preseason, and it's guys I know I'm hype, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm ready for the preseason. I'm ready to see, uh, this uh, Romeo Dobbs hype train can actually carry over into, uh, you know, even if it isn't necessarily real football, man, if he catches like a 70 yard touchdown in a preseason game, just fit him with the gold jacket, baby. Just I'm re- I'm ready, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, he, he, he's already better than Jordy Nelson. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's just, yeah. Best player to wear 87. Right yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well guys, training camp is upon us. Obviously we're, we're, blessed with a lot of great people that are covering training camp and send out tweets by the minute. I mean, I, I saw Jordan Love through a deep corner, uh, a deep fade ball to uh, to Dobbs, I believe, in the, the corner of the end zone. And I think I saw it 17 times from 17 different people that uh, that he did that. And it was all within a two-minute span. So, uh, But we do. It's, it's something that we joke around, but great coverage. And it's awesome that everybody's there and can point that out. But What's uh, Sarah? We'll start with you. What's a takeaway that you saw today uh, from Packers Twitter or however you caught training camp? Just something that caught your eye. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you mentioned a little bit the the Dubs hype 
train, you know, continues to roll on. Looked like Rashawn Gary had another just stellar day. And I love that, you know, that, that he had a great season last year. It seemed like he was trending upward and that that's only continued. So I'm, I'm just feeling really good and excited about that. Um, but something that stuck out to me was not necessarily something that happened during, during practice, but um, I did see that all over Twitter today that Aaron Rodgers said, um, you know, he was in the locker room and was interviewed and he said, I will say between 88 and 80, in 87, there's been a lot of positive things that make you feel good about the depth we have in that room, referring to the wide receiver room and referring to Dubs and uh, Winfrey. So I love to hear that. I think it's definitely a completely different attitude on the rookies and just on the wide receiver room in general um, that we've seen from Rodgers this year compared to even a few seasons ago. Uh, so I absolutely love that. I love the confidence and Hopefully that just shuts all the haters up that say, you know, the Packers just lost Devontae Adams. They have no weapons, like they're poverty franchise, no wide receivers, whatever. So if Rodgers feels good, hey, I feel good about it too. Yeah, and a couple of takeaways I had. I mean, most of the stuff I get from from Andy either on on Twitter or through the his daily recap over at Packer Report that he'll kind of talk about. I guess anywhere he recaps, I mean, he does just such a great job. I don't know how he tweets all that stuff without his thumbs falling off while he's like noticing everything in front of him. Insane. Anyway, uh, it, it seems like the O-line, I don't know, you know, we still don't know Bakhtiari's return, you know, likely not by week one uh, or Elton Jenkins. And I assume is in the same boat, but right now it's kind of looking what they've settled into as far as what you can take away. seems like the most consistent starting lineup they're running out there is nine minute left tackle, Runyon at left guard, Myers at center, Hanson at right guard, and Newman at right tackle. So there could be some changes there. I certainly think that right guard, that right side of the line could see a little switch. Uh, but it sounds like that's kind of the most consistent lineup that they're kind of rolling out right there. So that could very well be what we see in week one. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the other thing, that before I even read anything, it was all over, was just... Packers ever having long, long snapping issues. Packer has having really long <laughs> snapping issues, uh, which like, I don't know what else is new. You know, Wordle wasn't great last year. They brought in Jet Coco this year. Uh, and I think he had a rough day. And then I saw something today on the list in front of me. Uh, they brought in, oh, like 10 specialists or something today. Hunters, a bunch of long kickers, snappers. long snappers. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you ever played special teams at any point in your life, the you're on there. They brought Dexter Williams in, uh, an old old Packers guy who I believe did some uh, returning of kicks in the USFL. Um, I think he was on the losing side of the USFL championship game, uh, but he had some special team stuff. So I saw he was in the building as well. They're working him out. So it seems like it's not just long snappers. It's any and all specialists just have Bisaccia walking up and down a line and just point and go, that guy, that guy, that guy. Uh, that might be what's going on. But yeah, I, thought, uh, that, that I was- thought I saw Andy put out a tweet. To- it was It was also about running backs. Um, there was mm. Kalen Balaj I saw as well. That's right. He's one of them. Um, just because uh, he said with the injuries at the running back group and the preseason game coming up that he thought maybe they'll be adding a, a running back with not wanting to use Jones or Dylan too much. So, yeah, 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 no, I can see that. But the, the, the like long snapper was certainly a, a thing of the day. So you, you, You'd kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's funny in Green Bay. I think you spend a lot of time talking about long snappers. You'd kind of like that situation to be sorted out a little bit before, say, I don't know, the first preseason game. That's maybe cemented a little more than it has been. Uh, so no no alarm bells, but it is something that's, man, I kind of hoped Coco was going to come in and run away with that job. Uh, he just hasn't apparently. So 
So, yeah, and then the I guess the only other thing I'll say, I mean, the defense has been crazy. I think one of the things I, I was reading over the past couple of days, they've just been saying they continue, they're playing fast, they're rallying to the football. I mean, that was a big thing with, um, you know, Petten would kind of make stuff confusing, and Dom Capers the later years would make stuff a little too confusing. Uh, that was one of Fritz Shermer's uh, big coaching points was keep it simple, play fast. And if you've got the players to do that, you can afford to do that. And so I think with the top-end talent the Packers have, not that everything's going to be simple, 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 but I'm curious to see schematically when they go out there, you know, for the first game, not necessarily the first preseason game, how that looks, how, I mean, they're still going to, I assume have some, you know, match stuff on the outside and cover two, a lot of that quarter stuff, but are they simply, have they simplified, have they stripped down a lot of stuff in the playbook and allow those guys to play faster and rally to the ball because they have the ability because they have that much talent at the door now. So that's something that, uh, that I've just heard a lot of the past couple of days is, you know, they're just rallying to the ball. They're playing fast. And just uh, I want to see if that continues on in the season. Guys, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, apparently the Bears still suck. And uh, their players want to leave. So news coming out today that Roquan Smith, their star inside linebacker, has re- formally requested a trade. Dusty, I just uh, got to ask, man, what the hell are the Bears doing? Like, just... <laughs> I don't. I don't even get like at this level. I almost, almost feel bad, but I don't feel bad. But almost of like they're just continually like shooting themselves in the foot, and it's laughable. But what the hell's going on in Chicago? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I'm not saying this is exactly what it is, but my one of my thoughts on this whole thing has been it's like uh, you got this, the the you know, if you look at like analytics based stuff and you look at like basically if you're not going to if you're not one of the contenders one of the best things to do is be bad for a bit and you collect talent that way and do everything if you're just looking based on numbers based on analytics based on if you do this you will get players and you get this you want to be as bad as possible. The problem is we were talking about this before we started recording. The problem with this is then you don't have anyone in the building. You still have to, you still have to build for a future. And so I'm not saying analytics is bad, but you have to take this stuff and then apply it to real world situations. It seems like they're just doing, we're tearing it down. We want to be bad. It doesn't matter. They lowballed Roquan Smith an offer when he's, what'd you say? He's 25. 25 years old. 25. He should be a bedrock in the, I mean, you look think of the bears inside linebacker, like 
you build around that if you have a guy that can do that. And I don't think Roquan Smith is, you know, Brian Urlacher or anything, Mike Singletary, anything like that. But he is he is very good. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a good dude, vocal leader. And as you're bringing this organization up and you're trying to get better, you need those bedrocks, that those key things, those key leaders on both sides of the ball that just say, all right, man, listen, it's bad now. We're going to get through this. You need to keep those guys. And they've got, I think they'll have the money to pay him. They should be able to pay him. You keep him around. If they're going to be bad, say, listen, just ride this out with us. And in a couple of years, we're going to get better. It just seems like they have no plan. It seems like their whole plan is just, we will be bad and then we'll be good. But that's ignoring, you're, you're letting your guys walk. And that's, organizationally speaking, no one's going to come play, come play with you if you see how you treat the guys who they think are like your franchise, your foundation of your franchise. And then the other side is Justin Fields, who this organization, this did not, they did not draft. This is on the second place now, um, or the second organization, the second GM doing this now. They didn't draft him, but you still would like to have, see what he has, build around him. They've given him nothing. And it sounds like the head coach, Eberflus, is in there and he thinks that, you know, you get this a lot, you get a player friendly coach, and then you get kind of a guy that's just, you know, cracking the whip. Sounds like Eberflus is a crack the whip guy because Nagy was a bit too light on him. And I don't know if this is related in any way, shape, or form. Everyone's getting injured. I think they've had like four wide receivers get injured in camp. Apparently, he's pushed them really hard in practice. So the whole thing reeks of like this. We're not, you know, we're not going to let them get off easy. We're going to push, push, push. Meanwhile, the front office is going, we need to be bad and then we'll be good. It doesn't seem like there's like a plan in place for how to be good. So all that being said, Steve, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. <laughs> yeah, when you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of, uh, a dark night where like the Joker's sitting in there and says like I'm like a I'm like a dog trying to chase a car like I don't know what to do if I caught it I don't know what to do like that seems like the Bears plan is like I don't know what to do like yeah <laughs> so all right Sarah you had a uh, a very exciting notification pop up on your phone this morning something you've been waiting to see for for years right Yes, it, yesterday, or I guess two days ago on Monday, because okay, now ago. it's Wednesday when people are listening to this. But yeah, I listen to part of my take, you know, it's Barstool podcast, Big Cat, PFT, listen to it pretty regularly. And, you know, one of my favorite things about the podcast is Big Cat, um, or Dan Katz is his actual name. He just, he's a huge Bears fan and he just absolutely hates Aaron Rodgers because he's miserable due to suffering as a direct result of Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears, absolutely owning the franchise, destroying them year after year after year. Um, And so they've always, you know, joke about him, said eventually they'll get him on the podcast. And then, you know, I had to wake up super early Monday morning. I went to work conference and I look at my phone. I have notification from Spotify and it's a new episode of part of my take Aaron Rodgers. I'm, jump out of bed no way this happened um and it was it was quite the interview you know it definitely they called it a one-sided rivalry i think that's a good way to describe it big cat hates aaron Rodgers with everything he is aaron Rodgers doesn't really care he's like he's just all about you know love and gratitude and he kept saying that you know i don't i don't hate you i like you you know i i really like you actually and they hugged at the end it was very funny um Definitely, you know, a highlight as a Packers fan listening to this was just you could tell how much Aaron Rodgers enjoys kicking the crap out of the Bears every <laughs> single year. I mean, he literally asked as a Bears fan, does it does it hurt you to watch what happens? And is do you think it's kind of pathetic, essentially, that your most exciting moments of the year are just rooting against me and hoping that I fail? I, I could not believe that he looked another man in the eyes and asked that question. 
Uh, but it was definitely a good, an interesting interview. It, it reminded me a lot just of Pat, Pat McAfee show and um, how Rogers just kind of wants people to know, you know, who he is and uh, his sense of humor. So hopefully we just continue to kind of, you know, learn more. I think it's interesting in some ways. So we'll, we'll you know, stay stay tuned for that. But definitely, you know, if you're if you're looking for content, that was an interesting one. And seems like, you know, I, I kind of laughed and who knows, you know, we, we can never trust anything Roger says at this point. We know he loves messing with us, but, um, you know, he had, they were talking about Jeopardy and they said, oh, maybe next year when you retire. And he was like, oh, three, four more years. I'm like, what? Uh, so who knows what'll happen with that. And one final thing before I forget, another very interesting thing and in, kind of building on what I said, how Rogers just loves messing with people, uh, was they asked him, you know, what, what's with all these cryptic tweets or cryptic Instagram posts? And they specifically asked about the Devontae Adams last dance post. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes you hit send too quickly. But on that one, we, we definitely were talking and said, let's stir some things up. And he was like, little did I know, it was the last dance because now he's gone. <laughs> so that was, it was definitely entertaining. Um, and all I know is that it seems like Rogers wants to keep beating up on the Bears. So I couldn't be happier to hear that. Yeah, I caught a couple of clips. It was a lot of, very entertaining, you know, very bar ish very, but it was a very good interview. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure to do that. Guys, as we mentioned there's actual preseason football coming up on Friday. Packers are going out wow. to San Francisco. So as we do, as always, we're going to break down uh, the Packers offense versus the uh, 49ers defense. And talk, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that for the preseason. That's <laughs> yeah, not happening. I just wanted to see what both of their faces looked like. Dusty got a wry smile on his face and Ciro was like, really? We're doing this? Okay. <laughs> But uh, when the season starts, guys, we will do that as always. We'll we'll break down the Packers' offense versus the defense that they're facing that week. So keep uh, keep looking forward to that. But we're going to jump into some of the questions we got from Twitter. So as always, you guys delivered. We got a bunch of good ones, so not enough time to run through all of them this week. But um, thank you, guys. So first one we got was an interesting one. is from Ray Dempster. In the spirit of this amazing Packers moment, and he had quote tweeted, um, sorry, we'll jump back. He quote tweeted the Packers kicker 1980 Chester Markle. Uh, he had a field goal attempt that was blocked into his own hands and ran that effort into the for the game-winning touchdown. If this play wasn't already wildly awesome enough, Marcel, Markle later revealed that he was high on cocaine at the time. So uh, Ray's question is in the spirit of that amazing Packers moment and number 12's ayahuasca revelation this week, what is your most far out there psychedelic experience inducing craziest Packers play that you can remember? Uh, Sarah, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, this is a given, and we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if I want to do this. I feel like I answered answer this for everything but it has to be you know when I was at Lambeau in 2018 for the season opener Rogers gets hurt you know he goes down he comes back um but I don't know if I've ever shared this part of the story so I, I I'm looking at my phone now and you know that was also my first story for Cheesehead TV so I had to have a way to 
take notes, keep track of what was happening so that after the game, when I wrote the recap, I'd be good to go and I would have something to reference. So it's very funny because I, I just kind of started off I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening. Offense shut down. Rogers goes down, dot, dot, dot. Oh, no. Kaiser comes in. Rogers is out. Then fumbles on third and goal. Oh, no. Cleo Mack there. Pick six. No, I put. And then after this, it just it just falls. The notes just fall apart. I go in all caps. Aaron Rodgers walks out and then runs. And then I just keyboard slammed. It's like D-H-J-D-K. <laughs> like, I'm just like so excited. And then Aaron Rodgers, magic to Geronimo Allison. Packers score. Devontae Adams, go in all caps. I, I don't even know how I ended up writing a recap after this, but it's very funny. And then at the end, Aaron Rodgers almost throws a pick, dot, 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 shit. And then over the top, Cobb, the dagger, in all caps, reminds me of 2010. And then it's over, Packers win. So kind of a good trip down memory lane, definitely, <laughs> you know, a out-of-body experience. I've, I've never done psychedelic drugs, but I would assume that that experience was was pretty close to it. I'll go, uh, there's, there's one very obvious one, um, I think, and I can't remember, Steve, if you're doing this one or not, uh... The uh, the he did what is the first one that sprung to my mind, mine and Steve's mind, just because Antonio Freeman slingshotting that ball off of the back of his shoulder and somehow shooting his hand out and grabbing it, then running in for the overtime. That's insane. That's I, I that's just insane. But the one I'll go with, so that's the one they immediately sprung to mind. The one I'll go with is not Packers specific. It's Packers related. And it's Josh McCown to Nate Poole. Week 17, 2003. That was so the Cardinals were 3 and 12 at the time. Vikings were 9 and 6. Packers, Packers already played that day. The only way they got in the playoffs, they would get in the playoffs if the Vikings, the heavily favored Vikings, would beat the Josh McCown led Cardinals. And I believe this was in, I can't remember if this was in Minnesota, if this was in Arizona. Anyway, I want to say Minnesota. I think it was in Minnesota. Uh, Corner of the end zone, no time left. McCown, I think it was 28-yarder to Nate Poole. This was – they changed that next offseason. They changed the force-out rule. The force-out rule is not in effect here. So Nate Poole catches it with one foot in bounds. It gets shoved out, and they deem that he was forced out. And so the touchdown counted. The Cardinals win on a last-second touchdown. The Packers get into the playoffs, and they end up getting the uh, – they beat the Seahawks the next week. That's the we want the ball and we're going to score game that was the next week. But that was – it was just pandemonium. You don't think they're going to make it. You're stressed. The Packers need to win. The Packers won. What's going to happen is going to happen. I was watching it with my younger brother at the time, and he was just an absolute wreck that entire time. So that was like just seeing Nate Poole with that one foot up and catching that ball. Just, just a fever dream, man. Just an absolute fever dream. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, the Freeman was the first thing that popped into my mind. And then the only other one that you actually talked about, I think it was just last week, was uh, Yancey Thigpen dropping mm-hmm. the ball in the end zone with absolutely nobody around him for the Packers <laughs> to get into the playoffs. Like, I think, like, I just remember sitting there like, what just happened? What <laughs> did, did he really drop the ball? Am I dreaming? Like, what is going on? So I think that was the only other one I could think of. 
Next question, Robin Erickson. Uh, what Packer would you most like to see as an SNL host, and how badly would Pete Davidson piss off 12 by parodying him unmercifully in front of him? Sarah, you got any uh, thoughts on SNL? Yeah, I, I like SNL. I watch it here and there. Um, I'll, I'll start with the second question first because I think it's a bit shorter. So um, would Rogers be okay with someone making fun of him to his face? Yeah, I just watched the part of my take interview and they did that for about an hour. So I, I think he'd be totally cool with it. Rogers also has a pretty good sense of humor. He has a dry sense of humor. And I think SNL sort of has that same uh, – they follow that same pattern. So he, he'd get it. He'd play along. So I think that part of it would be fine. As far as who I would want to see as the host – I think AJ Dillon could do a good job. He's very entertaining. Um, he he loves to kind of put on a show. He's a good guy. He's for the people. He definitely would represent Carrie the G on the show. I th- I just think he would be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I love his. He makes absolutely hilarious TikToks, and so if he continues to go on that trend, then yeah, I think he he'd be good on SNL, um, and he'd probably throw a pretty awesome after party too. Uh, for SNL, I'm 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 going Bakhtiari. Uh, he's got the acting chops. Uh, he's, you know, yeah, the pitch perfect two thing. He's uh, he seems like a big goofball. Doesn't take himself too seriously. Feel like he'd be game for anything as far as the skits go, which is what you need. Athletes athletes on SNL are always a mixed bag, man. Um, if you get someone that that's willing to make a fool out of themselves, uh, that, that you can really hit a home run there. So I go Bakhtiari. I'm just thinking of David. Derek Jeter was on. Derek Jeter was was just absolutely terrible on SNL. I, um, I was thinking of Peyton Manning and the one where he. He's chucking that was good. the little kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah. yeah give Bakhtiari one. something like that where he's, you know, almost give him the same thing. Have him like, hey, David Bakhtiari just pancake 11-year-olds on like a Pop Warner field or something. I'd be down for that. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm with Sarah. I mean, on the on the Pete Davidson thing. I think if it's if it's in front of him to his face, I mean, I, I don't think he'd have any problem with it. I think he'd think it was very funny. Yeah, Bakhtiari was my answer as well, so... We'll just uh, we'll skip through that one. Next question, Rob Clements. If you could spend an entire day with one current pa- one current and one former Packer, but are not allowed to talk about football, who would they be? And food take best fair food. Dusty, we'll start with you. Current, I'm going. I'll take it's um, Sarah's answer from the last one. I'm going AJ Dillon. You know, I've seen pictures of Door County. It seems delightful. I've never been there and I, I would like a tour guide. I'd like someone to show me around Door County. And I think AJ Dillon could be that person. We're going to go to AC tap. We're going to see the sites do, do, do Door County up and never even mention football. So I could do that. And I feel like that'd be a delightful day. My former, uh, I think would just be Charles Woodson. I love Charles Woodson. Seems like a good and interesting person. Um, and, and also has a bourbon line. So maybe we will just, uh, drink some bourbon. Maybe we'll just get drunk together with Charles Woodson. I could, uh, that's a day I could get behind there. Um, and best fair food. I don't go to many fairs, so I'll be boring, but also very much on brand and just say fried Oreos. It's hmm. a good one. Not deep fried Oreos, just fried Oreos. Deep, deep fried, uh, shallow fried, however, however you want to fry it. I'll take it. Okay. Just curious. For me, for current Packer, it would be Aaron Rodgers. I just feel like the dude's got a lot of layers, and I, I, you could talk with him for a long time. I mean, I might ask him three questions, and that would be the whole day. Um, we would just, you know, he would just go on and on and on. And I definitely think it could be, 
an interesting one. Uh, honorable mention, David Bakhtiari would be another good one, depending on just the type of day that you want to have. If you you know want to go full send and and go crazy, then yeah, he'd be your guy. Um, and then former Packer, uh, I'm going to go with Leroy Butler. I think he'd be a really fun guy to hang out with. I'd love you know to go to dinner with him. I know I'm not allowed to talk about football, but he, he just seems like a genuinely good dude loves just the Packers community. And yes, I know I'm not supposed to talk about that with him, but we could probably find some similarities and just talk about, you know, our passions and, uh, you know, new Hall of Famer. So that's pretty cool. And would love to hear about other things, you know, that he considers achievements in his life. That That's one that everyone knows about. But he's also, in addition to being a, a football player, he, he's a person that probably has a lot of interests and things we, we don't know about. You know, he was a player that... I, I think about it often that, you know, during his prime and when he truly was a star, if there was social media, he would have been all over it. And he would have been somebody that all of us followed and that we loved, kind of like an A.J. Dillon now where he's visible and he's doing great things in the in the community. So um, I'd, I'd love to hear his perspective on a lot of different things. Best fair food? Oh, how could I forget? Uh, <laughs> pizza cones. I loved pizza cones as a kid. Again, I haven't been to a fair, God, probably in almost 10 years. Um, but I, I did go when I was younger, and that was always a big hit for me. Um, absolutely delicious. Yeah, Sarah, you kind of I – would, I would go with Rodgers too, especially with the whole caveat of not talking football. Like, legit, you could ask him three to four questions, and he wouldn't stop talking for – hours at a time. So it would just be fascinating to be able to pick his brain on, on all sorts of different things. So that'd be pretty cool. And then uh former player, I guess I'd lean into the, the, the craziness and go with Travis Jervy. Cause I'm sure he's that dude could tell story upon story upon story. <laughs> and you'd hear about him pulling his braces off or having a lion cub or all the stupid shit that he did, man. Like tell me stories about when you are on, you know, like, tell me story about the guys from the team or whatever, you know, it's not specific foot to football. So yeah, I think that'd be a pretty fascinating guy to talk to. And then best fair food, deep fried cookie dough. Yeah. Every time we go to the state fair, it's gotta be, gotta be done. So, um, can only have like one or two of them because it's so unbelievably rich, but yeah, those are, those are real, real, real good. Okay, next question. We got Matt Pickett. If the Bears honor Roquan's request to be traded, do you think he'd be worth the assets the Packers would need to cough up to get him? Do we even really need him? Food question. Have you tried the Neapolitan-flavored Oreo? What did you think before and after eating it for the first time? Uh, Dusty, what do you think? Roquan, should he be coming to the Packers? (laughs) I can't wait for you to answer this, Steve. Uh, All right. So I, I mean, I thought about this for a while uh, because on, on my initial response is no, absolutely not. Um, but then I had a thought experiment with it and the thought experiment is still absolutely not, but it, but it does lead to some, uh, a couple things that I thought were interesting. So first of all, it depends on what it would take. It's you're trading in division, but still, I feel like the bears are not very smart. We talked about this earlier. I feel like they would just do whatever. And so I, he's in the last, Roquan Smith's in the last year of his deal. So maybe you can get him for a fourth or a fifth. And a fourth or a fifth for one year of Roquan Smith, yes, you do that because he's good. Um, and the reason you would do that, and there's complications down the line, we'll talk about that. But let's say you get Roquan Smith on the team. Let's say they say, all right, Green Bay Packers, you give us a fifth round pick and we'll give you Roquan Smith. You get one year of him. Okay, great. Do that now. The reason I would do that now 
from a fit perspective, I could see it working because you don't necessarily want those three inside linebackers, but I think their skill sets, what they could possibly do could play off fairly well with each other, especially in certain packages. Devondre Campbell's kind of your close to the line guy, your run stuffer, your long arm kind of bothering guy, but he's not great in coverage. Roquan Smith is tremendous in coverage. So you still get that dynamic. So you get uh, Campbell is kind of the, you know, the closer, the run guy, whereas you know, Roquan Smith's your tight end guy. So you still get that dynamic. And then Quay Walker becomes just an absolute weapon. You you move him around. You put He's a pretty big dude. They've used him a little on edge in training camp, and that's been kind of a thought that maybe they'd line him up there, rush the passer, they're thin at edge. So if you basically have a tandem of of Smith and Campbell in the middle, and then Quay Walker, you can just move around and do whatever, and just be basically an all-world wrecker, I think that'd be tremendous. Now the things with that is that's likely only a sub package. So you're basically trading a fifth for one year of rotational Roquan Smith, which you probably didn't want to do, but I feel like just schematically what you could do with that would be really, really interesting with the guys on the field. Now, I mean, the other issue with that is the biggest issue as far as like, you don't give up anything, get him. is because you're gonna have to pay him. Roquan Smith is not playing one year on his deal. Now, wherever he goes, he's going to get into a, a massive extension. That's what pissed him off with Chicago. They, they're not giving him an extension or they're offering him an extension, except it's like insulting. And so you're going to have to trade for him and then pay him. They've just traded Walker's a rookie and then Campbell. They just paid the earliest they can really get out of uh, Campbell's deal. Realistically is after 2023, but really it's more like 2024. So that's two to three years plus this other inside linebacker which you're going to give big money to. Everyone knows how I feel about inside linebackers. I think that's universal. You don't have those three guys you're paying money to or you're, you have to feature for that long term. So I think ultimately it makes no sense, but it is kind of fun to think about what they could do with that group of guys. I do think there's some really cool packages there. It just it just realistically is not going to work with with the from the money issue. That's all I've got. Um, oh, and the Neapolitan flavor Oreo. Uh I think we're all universal in saying that we're not going to try that. It's it's a golden Oreo. Our just dis- if anyone knows about us, our it's our universal disdain of all mm. things golden Oreos. So yes, Sarah, boo, boo is right. So that <laughs> I, I feel comfortable answering for all of us when saying that we're not going to try that Neapolitan. If someone were to send me a package, I would eat it, but I'm not. I'm not going out of my way. No, I I'd, throw, I'd throw that shit away. <laughs> Nope. I'd say thanks, but no thanks. I audibly, I audibly gagged when you sent a picture, and I looked at them. He did. He he did. Yeah. And the thing about it that's sad is that you know, looking at pictures, and if you're listening, and you look at a photo. If it was just the traditional cookie, I think it could mm-hmm. be pretty good. You know, would I'll it be my it. favorite? Would it be a top five Oreo? Hell no. But it would be a decent Oreo. If, like if somebody sent mm-hmm. it to me, I would eat it. I'd eat the whole box. But no, no golden Oreos in this house. Absolutely not. As for Rogan Smith's request to be traded, um, you know, I know Dusty gave a long, elaborate answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it brief. To answer your first question, Matt, if the Bears honor his request to be traded, do you think he'd be worth the assets the Packers would need to cough up to get him? No. And do we even really need him? No. So there we go. Short and sweet. Oh boy, do I really need to like go into this? I, uh, no, I would absolutely. like it. I would like it on the record. I would like it on the record so yeah, other Steve, people can hear it. Tell the people what's on your mind. Tell us how you've changed your mind. <laughs> I haven't changed my mind. The Packers finally no. invested in the middle linebackers. They brought in a, an All Pro for five years. They spent a first round draft pick on another one, like an Uber Athletic one, like. 
They finally did it. They have spent enough draft capital and and spending more right now, like Dusty said, to get one year of Roquan Smith and then having to pay him, that doesn't make sense. So, yes, I'm saying that the Packers don't need three all-star caliber level Inside he can't even say it, Sarah. He can't Blink even say the words. Look help, at him. We're here he's for trying you. to like. He's trying to like, get the words out. He can't get it, man. I was going to say Pro Bowl level, but then I realized halfway through, I'm like, that's giving Quay Walker quite a bit of. Uh... But still, it, they've they've spent enough capital at this point. They've got some decent backups to the point where they don't need. They do not need Roquan Smith. It's just not something that's. If they're going to trade for somebody, they could get a, a, a tight end. They could get a, a wide receiver. They could get an you know, offensive line. You know, one of many other things. They don't need another inside linebacker at this point. Sarah, would you look at the weather? It says that hell has just frozen over. <laughs> they spent $50 million on, on one and a first-round draft pick on another. They don't need another one. They have appeased me finally. It took them 27 million years. But they finally have appeased me with middle linebackers. They don't need to bring in a third one. Steve found his L- line. Listen, I agree. I-, I said no. I gave my short and simple <laughs> answer. This is just truly shocking from you. Mm-hmm. I-, mm-hmm. I cannot believe this. You know, remember this day when you're listening, August 10th, 2022, the day that Steve changed his mind about <laughs> inside linebackers. Never thought there I would see today. I still mm-hmm. value the inside linebackers. They just have two really good ones now. I think. If you did, you just want all three. Uh, yeah, find, yeah, find a way to get them on the field, man. Uh, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next question from Robin Adams: Who is the best Batman, and why is it Amon Green? So I feel this is much more of a dusty question, but who's your favorite Batman of all time? My favorite Batman is Kevin Conroy uh, for for the voice from Batman, the animated series. It's that's still, I think one of the best representations of Batman ever put to film. And he just does such a perfect job voicing it. So I go, uh, I go Kevin Conroy all day, man. Interesting for me, it's basic, but I'm a sucker for the dark Knight trilogy. So it'd be Christian Bale. I mean, He's great. Um, you know, people will say, oh, it's an easy pick. Well, guess what? Those movies are awesome, and he rocks in those movies. Uh, I did like the new Batman, with, uh, or the Batman, I should say, with Robert Pattinson. I feel like if they continue to lean into that, that he could he could rise up my list too. But for now, Christian Bale. And uh, just to be different, I think I'll go with Adam West all day. <laughs> oh, I almost went Adam West, yeah. I mean, the traditional, like, pow, zap like all that kind of good stuff and you know the super tight like satin outfit that he's got on man yeah that's just pure batman right there so i'll take adam west uh for my answer uh let's see last question we have brian uh mafi this is a this is a dusty and sarah question i think a lot more than me but what would you do if you went up against a predator a xenomorph. I had to ask you guys what a xenomorph even was. So I think this is uh, Dusty. We'll start with you since you're the the weirdo. I probably just die, <laughs> man. I mean, thank you, Steve. I probably <laughs> die. I mean, so this question came up because Prey just came out on Hulu, and Prey is the prequel to Predator, like 300 years in the past, and it rules. By the way, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's awesome. Uh, Predator like just lays waste to commandos and all kinds of people, like well trained fighters. Predator will just absolutely dismember without a second thought. So I, I don't see any chance against a predator and against a xenomorph. 
these big giant speedy alien things that have acid for blood if you do manage to cut one yeah no i'm i'm listen i i know who i am i know what i'm about and i'm dead in that situation yeah simple like just put me out of my misery to make it quick it it because <laughs> i it's gonna result in death either way going up against that um and then yeah i'm excited to to watch the rest to pray i started it admittedly at about 1 one thirty in the morning so ultimately i fell asleep but i really enjoyed the parts that i do remember and look forward to regrouping later this week um and yeah, it's I, I saw it's Hulu's biggest movie premiere ever. So people That's are just awesome. loving it. I mean, clearly I'm a survivor, so I would be fine. I'd be able to outrun the predator <laughs> and not a problem. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Dusty's face is classic mm. anyway. No. Interest, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be dead within four seconds. Like not even a question <laughs> about it. So uh all right guys, that wraps up our Twitter questions, but um Dusty, you'll start with you. Closing thoughts. You have any articles, videos? What's going on with you? Yeah, so I had I think my last Cheesehead TV off season one. Um, I don't think I'm going to have another one in me before the preseason uh, went up the, earlier this weekend. So I, I kind of I got derailed a bit. Um, I guess I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, so this past one was I looked at Lazard's targets. Basically, all of Lazard's targets in. It's, you know, Devontae Adams missed seven games in the floor. Lazard only played in four of those. So I looked at those four games and said, okay, what did they do? How did he get his targets? How did he get his catches? And he looked at that from a concept perspective. So we're looking at, like, how did he win? What did they ask him to do? How did he do with that? Um, basically, how did he get his yards? And, and can we do anything to project that going forward? So it was an interesting look. I mean, I, I don't know that I came away from it uh, learning a whole lot more than I already had kind of thought anyway. But I think kind of looking through those clips, seeing what they asked him to do, and kind of trying to project that forward was was at the very least, it was something interesting for me to do uh, that I think I think came out relatively well. So that's over on Cheesehead TV now. That came out this past weekend. And then I think, like I said, I got derailed a little. I went into the offseason with a big plan. I was going to write up a whole bunch of different concepts, all these cut-ups and all kinds of stuff. And then I got derailed by all the Devontae stuff, and I started looking at the games without him, and I went down. It was a whole rabbit hole. I just I went down. Uh, so I have a whole bunch of stuff kind of ready to go, but I don't have time to write it all up. So I think over on Substack within the next week or two, I'm probably just going to start dumping that stuff. Uh, here's a bunch of cut-ups of this particular concept and kind of sliced it a couple different ways. Probably not a whole lot of words and just kind of, here's video, here's the different things they did, here's how they did with it, here you go. So I'm hoping to do that over the next couple of weeks with four or five of the other kind of major concepts I didn't get to already over on Cheesehead. Um but yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited that football's here. And once the preseason starts, I'm I'm gonna do a slim down version of what I usually do during the season. Probably look at one play or two if I can get my my hands on the game film there over on Cheesehead. I'm excited, even if it's preseason, we've got football back. Uh, the season itself is right around the corner, so I'll kind of settle back into my week to week. Um, but it's been like a fun and interesting off season for me. So that was again probably my last thing off season she's at TV that is, is up now. If you feel like reading that, sweet. You know, this is an interesting time for me, a uh, first year that I don't have to sit through all of the preseason games and, you know, write a game recap on them. <laughs> that was always a very just riveting experience, but I am looking forward to just getting back to football season. You know, I know I'm not going to be writing, but I'll still be watching most of the games and live tweeting and when I can. So excited for that. But I did want to end a final thought here. Uh, as we were recording, uh, the first episode of Hard Knocks came out, 
And of course, it's about the Lions. It's following the Lions this year. And former beloved Packer Jamal Williams seems to already be the star of the season. And just beginning in episode one, apparently he said, if you're going to piss like a puppy, then just stay on the effing porch. Uh, people are now tweeting that they want it on t-shirts, that this guy's the best. It's one comment I'm looking at now. Well, that's at least two wins for the Lions this year. So excited for Jamal Williams to get some love because, God, he's just the best and I miss him. Yeah, he, he's outstanding. I think I saw there was another clip of um, – there was one of Aiden Hutchinson, uh, the, the number two overall pick, and he was singing – Oh no, I'm not going to be able to find it. But Billy Jean, had, I think. Yeah, Billy Jean. They had him singing Billy Jean, and so yeah, it should. Uh, I'm hopeful. Like it should be a very entertaining at least um, this year with Dan Campbell with the Lions. So at least something to look forward to with that because normally I don't know it hasn't been great the last couple of years. I felt like so should be good. But outside of that, I don't really have too much. Just uh, make sure you're trying to take care of yourself, your mental health, and. Um, yeah, if you guys ever need anything, obviously feel free to reach out to any of us. We've said, as always, our DMs are open. Um, but make sure you're following us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Callahan 4 at Steve Perhatch, at Packaday Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Pack Go! Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.